Weigh-In, the Scaleback Alabama podcast. The opinions expressed here are our own and don't necessarily reflect those of the Alabama Department of Public Health or partners. This is not intended to be medical advice or to take the place of medical treatment. I'm Lita Chatham, a registered dietitian here at the Alabama Department of Public Health. I believe that strict rules and rigid diets do more harm than good and that changing our mindset to one that eliminates blame, shame, and guilt in relation to body size and weight is the first step in ensuring future generations develop healthy relationships with food and their bodies. And I'm Jenna Lee Kayworth. I'm also a registered dietitian at the Alabama Department of Health, and I believe that true health is found independent of body size. I believe in helping others find balance with eating and movement, enjoying all types of foods while journeying towards overall wellness. I believe that health is multifaceted, including physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and social components. We're so excited you're here. last episode, we talked about what to do instead of dieting. Today, we'll be talking about wellness goals that go beyond the idea of losing weight or having a perfect body based on society standards. Thanks so much for joining us again, Julie. We can't wait to get started. So I know that when we um, take that intuitive eating approach we let go of weight control and really focus on health and treating our bodies with kindness, nourishing our bodies with good food, um, then there's kind of this um, loss of I don't have control over what my body's going to look like. Um, and I know from what I've heard, that's where that term body respect comes in. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about body respect? Um, does that mean all of a sudden I just need to like what, like myself, like whatever weight I land at? Or um, what is what is body respect? You know what? This is so hard and it's hard for everyone because we are inundated and surrounded by images that are considered beautiful and healthy of this thinness ideal that um, we're learning isn't necessarily what is healthy. And there are plenty of people, the minority of people are ever going to reach that ideal or ever going to look like that. And so, but that's what we see every day. That's what all the commercials are. That's what all the ads are. Everybody is in this certain kind of body type. And then there's so much negative connotation that is with um, heavier bodies. And it's that connotation that you're not healthy and that you're not doing things right and that you're not diligent. And so coming to terms with a bigger body is really tough for people. And it does take a lot of baby steps. So you kind of think about body, um, acceptance being at the at the pinnacle that we're trying to get to and we're just kind of trying to climb up that and it takes a lot of little steps and I think of body respect as being one of those lower one of those lower rungs to getting to more of a body acceptance and starting with respecting what our body can do for us so that's one of the ways I think about that and with body respect we look at um 
one of the ways that you can start to foster more body respect is looking at our body's functionality. And we know the research shows us that when we appreciate what our body is doing for us, that it really helps to move us up that continuum towards more body acceptance. And so then you want to break that down even further and you're like, okay, well, how do I appreciate, like, how do I, um, with this body functionality, what does that mean? And so there's certain things that you can do that show you what your body's doing. So we know that yoga is actually a really great thing for that. You're setting intentions and you're using your body in a gentle way. And um, that's one thing. Getting out in nature, we know, like taking walks in nature has been shown to really help with body acceptance and um appreciating what our body's doing for us. I like to tell people to think about gratitudes. And so writing down a couple of things that your body did for you today and specifically those couple of things that it did for you and focusing on that versus focusing on your weight. And one of the things that we tend to do is we will use our body as a punching bag for tough emotions. So if something is going wrong in our life or something is hard, it's easy to come back to beating our body up. Well, if I could just lose this weight, this wouldn't be a problem. Or if my body didn't look like this, it wouldn't be a problem. And so really looking at where those, where those feelings come from. And again, gravitating towards the appreciation piece and jotting it down and coming back to that uh, enjoyable movement, you know, so we talked about gentle nutrition and then enjoyable movement, like um, doing things for your body, not to try and burn calories, not to try and manipulate the shape of your body, but because your body's intended to move and what feels good. And when you're moving your body in an enjoyable way, you gain such a greater appreciation for that and for its abilities. And I guess we don't want to forget our brain either, like remembering who we are and the kindness inside us and what we offer to society as a person is, Mm. is so great and is a way to, I think, work on that body respect piece. Yeah. That, that makes me think of the quote, comparison is the thief of joy, I think is how it goes. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me think if I can stop comparing myself to other people and just appreciate my body for what it is and what it does and what how it serves me, um, then that's going to be better for me than constantly looking around and, you know, comparing myself. I think along with that, not only do you have to start to, well, stop comparing yourself with others but I think you have to be ready to kind of speak up to other people and when maybe when they make comments or observations about things and just kind of say well you know this you know I'm happy with with how I am or you know if someone asks you if you're going on a diet or if you're doing this or that and maybe you might be tempted to internalize that well maybe they're saying I need to go on a diet or something like that and just be prepared for those situations because I think that's such a common thing in our Mm -hmm. society like you were saying we're just kind of inundated with those messages Mm -hmm. recognizing them from even when they come from outside of ourselves and not internalizing those messages and just be ready to say like no I'm good absolutely I agree And that's hard. Yeah. And I was going to ask your opinion about um, that 
along the same lines, creating body diversity in our social media exposure. What do you think about that? I think it's hugely important. And because we are all spending so much time on social media, whether it's to keep up with people we love and family members or to get the news, we're seeing a lot of messages and our, the algorithms on our feeds are so smart and, but we can outwit them if we want to. And I think that this is an important place to try and outwit it a little bit is to have a different, a different following in our feed and follow, um, fat positive advocates and people that are Mm -hmm. posting in different body sizes and normalizing these different shapes and sizes and seeing people do be active in different sizes and um, all those different things. So I think that changing your social media and helping to look at diversity on so many levels in social media makes a difference. And if our kids were seeing a more, more diverse examples, that would be immensely helpful in reducing eating disorder risk and disordered eating risk. We know that dieting is one of the number one contributions to the risk of an, of getting an eating disorder. So mm-hmm. it's tough and it's real. And that's what makes children and young people want to diet is thinking, oh, I need to change my body. I need to manipulate my body. And the mm-hmm. false ideas that that's even, um, possible is really, is really rough. And that message isn't out there enough. So if you're following dietitians, therapists, um, other cooks, uh, I follow some great chefs, all kinds of people that are hashtagging anti-diet, weight inclusive, Mm non-diet, health at every size. Those are great places to find some advocates that can change your feed up a little bit. So you're not getting advertisements for diets all the time and you need to look this way and be this way to be healthy. Start looking at things that show you how you can be healthy in lots of different bodies. Mm -hmm. Right. Love that. Kind of continuing on that advocacy piece. Um, I know like for me, um, as a dietitian, it comes somewhat naturally to advocate um, for anti-diet for people in all different sizes because I have a knowledge of science to back it up or whatever it is but how I mean do you have any ideas Julie about like how your average everyday person might um, just even respond um, to advocating for themselves or advocating for others Um, I know like Sometimes people just comment innocently on other people's weights. Are there any just, I don't know, thoughts that come to mind? Well, yeah, I think you're hitting on it right there, which is don't comment on other people's weights. (laughs) So we've got, we've got that for one thing, but you are, can be the person that someone is commenting on your weight and it happens a lot to all of us. And so figuring out ways to respond to that is, is tricky because we also are in a society where we want to be polite and we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And we want to try and, um, you know, traverse everything in a socially acceptable way. But I think that we have to have boundaries and we have to know what we can take at different points in our journey. So I think that way, the way that someone might respond 
to a variety of different scenarios early on in this journey is going to be different than how you would respond and advocate for yourself a little bit further along. So I think Mm -hmm. that you start off by really listening and learning and maybe someone makes a comment or starts talking about something at a party about a diet and your only thing might be that you have to protect yourself. This is, this is hurting me and I don't know what to say. I feel overwhelmed. And so you walk away, you make an excuse Mm -hmm. and you leave. So I think that that's a very fair way to handle something. You can be sarcastic. Mm -hmm. You can make a smart remark. Um, But I think that those are some things to do. And then as you get more comfortable on this journey and you start to get the words and the language for what you're trying to do, you're trying to maybe heal your relationship with your food and with your body. And you might be able to say that when someone says, hey, you should do this, um, this smoothie fast with me. You know, you can say, hey, actually, I'm working with someone right now to heal my relationship with food. And it doesn't involve diets, but, you know, thanks. <laughs> um, I don't know. So I think that there are some ways to, to traverse it. And it's just going to depend on where you are. I like that. Somebody shared with me um, what they said, and I thought it was really good. Um, Someone to the weight loss comment, like, oh, you've lost weight, which can be very, um, you know, it feels like, well, did I not look good before that? Now do you expect me Mm -hmm. to, you know, whatever. Um, And she would say, oh, really? I hadn't noticed. Kind of like, you know, I'm not trying to pay attention to my weight. Like, I hadn't noticed. And I just thought that was kind of good, you know. Like I'm, I'm body unaware. Um, so my weight is just going to do whatever it needs to do because I'm focusing on my life. <laughs> right, right. And taking away that, that um, weight loss is a positive connotation and weight gain is negative, right? Uh-huh. Like you don't right. even know why someone may have lost weight. Um, unexplained right. weight loss is a, like number one symptom of someone who's got cancer. And so, uh-huh. you know, we don't know what we're, what we're saying if we're saying that to someone or what, um, so what it might be, what it might be triggering. So I Plus think that too. taking that connotation away in the words that you use and what you're what your friend said, that response is perfect, you know, because that helps to be like, oh, I didn't notice my body is my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. One, okay. one thing that I like to do too, is if I see friends post, sometimes I'll see them post like before and after photos, it'll be like, here, here's me. And here's me after I lost 20 pounds. I try to be the person who says, you, you look great both ways. You look this, or you look the same, or you're just as beautiful today as you were then. So I try to just be that person who's not saying, Mm -hmm. Oh, you look so much better. You know, just, I I like, I liked you then. I like you now, like you're awesome, you know, and just not focus on that and just be that person who's like, yeah, you lost weight, but like, you're still you and you're still awesome. Right. I love that. That's really loving and kind and a nice thing to to put out there because we do know that that weight is probably going to come back. And then how is that person feeling? Now they're afraid to go out. They're afraid to see their friends. My people, they feel shamed. And Mm -hmm. Lita and I talked about shame and what a horrible emotion that is because it's beating up on the core of who you are. And that really eventually is probably going to be where that person is. And so your comments is a really lovely way to um, give them some, give them some, much needed encouragement and love for the person that they are and not just the body they're in. Amen. 
Yeah. And I like that you brought up the the part about kids too and, and social media. Um, and I just think that's a great way too, is to have conversations with our kids and with each other, just how unrealistic social media can be. Because even, even the people who are posting these like, you know, body goals, photos and everything, I mean, sometimes we even do see kind of behind the scenes more of like, this is the unposed version of this, or this is the unedited version of this. And when you see those, you're like, oh, wow. So even the person who's, you know, quote unquote body goals, they don't even look like that without, you know, lighting and posing and Photoshopping and all of those things. So I think it's just important to even acknowledge that Mm-hmm. not only is it unrealistic for the majority of the population, but it's even kind of unrealistic if you're having to go through that, those measures to make that perfect photo. And then that's something that we're all kind of comparing ourselves to until we realize like, oh, this isn't really real life. Um, and some, some you know, young kids, especially, they don't really know that. So I just think it's important to have those conversations. Absolutely. And even though as a adult, even though we know in our head that something can be photoshopped or something isn't realistic, you've still seen the image. You've still seen it. And it's hard to translate that to, oh, that's not really real, but you've still kind of connected it to what beauty is supposed to be. And so mm-hmm. even, and for children, like you said, kids are just even so much more influence. So even with the knowledge there, I think that the images are still hugely damaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. So you mentioned, um, you generally brought up a really great question about advocating for yourself. Um, and I was just curious about what about advocating for yourself with, for example, healthcare providers. So if you go to the doctor, for example, and you, you go in with a complaint of something that's bothering you and your, your healthcare provider is bringing it back to your weight saying you need to lose weight. Um, and, you know, you really feel like they're not focusing on what your, um, I hate to keep using the word complaint, but what you're bringing to them that you'd like addressed, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what are some ways that people can advocate for themselves in those sorts of situations? Yeah, well, I guess the main one that comes to my head is you can always say, um, what would you do for me right now if I was not at this weight? If their if their answer is you need to lose twenty pounds, say okay. What would you do if I came to you with this problem and I was I was twenty pounds later? You know, if someone came with knee pain, um, would you recommend physical therapy? What would what would your advice be? What medication would you give? I'd like I'd like that treatment, please. Um, you can also say you know I have been dieting my whole life or back and forth and it is it is not working for me i'd like to and i'm working on changing my behaviors and i'm working on health promoting behaviors a little at a time it's not changing my weight too much but i am stronger i sleep better i have lower stress like really saying how what your outcomes are and asking for the healthcare provider to look at the outcomes that measure health in a way outside of weight. So maybe your lab work or like I said, how well you sleep and stress levels and all of that. So that would be, um, that would be the main one I think of. That's really, really good. I love that, Julie. 
Um, and I just think it's helpful to remember that as much as we hate to think that, that even our healthcare has been um, influenced by weight culture, diet culture, um, you know, a lot of bias, just personal bias that we bring in as humans. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's really helpful to remember that. Yeah. And I, I think we've, I think we have pointed this out, but I just feel like I want to say that, you know, we're, we're kind of saying that, you know, their body diversity, you know, there are people come in all shapes and sizes, um, but also that dieting makes things worse, right? I mean, you go on a diet, you lose some weight, you gain more weight usually than you lost. You go on another diet, you lose a little more weight, you gain more weight than you lost that time. So it slows your metabolism down. Um, so I think I just want to point out that we're not just saying, I guess, that, you know, some people are just in larger bodies and they can't lose weight. And, and, you know, that is true. People do come in larger bodies, but we're also saying that it's important to stop dieting because dieting is creating havoc on your metabolism and on your body and that sort of thing. So I just wanted mm -hmm. to put that out there as, as plain as day, because I'm not sure if we completely said that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we did. And I think that's perfect because mm -hmm. you're also wreaking havoc throughout each one of those diets, mental and emotional havoc on your body as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I think it was in your book, Julie, it's been a little while since I read it, but I think you mentioned that a lot of times people will look at, please tell me if I'm misquoting you. I know you will. Um, people will look at someone who is in a larger body and they may think, oh, that person's lazy. That person doesn't you know, care about themselves. They don't try to be healthier. And in reality, it could be that that person has tried everything to lose weight. They've done a ton of diets. Their metabolism has been really affected by that. And, you know, the, the weight that their body has settled into is a product, at least in part of that cycle that they have put themselves through, through dieting and through trying to fit into you know, what society says they should be, and it just doesn't work. And then we turn around and think, oh, that person just doesn't care. Yep. Because they are, they've done a, they are way more diligent than I've ever been. You know, they're doing really hard stuff, going without food, eating every vegetable in the book, you know, they are doing a lot of hard stuff to lose that weight. And like you said, the product of that ultimately ends up being set back in a place that's um, less healthy than where you started, but they're not lazy or have a lack of willpower by a long stretch. They're doing really hard work. Right. And that's why this year with Scaleback Alabama, I've been so excited because we've incorporated so many other goals for people to set for themselves, drinking water, getting right. enough sleep, being physically active, um, you know, eating fruits and vegetables in ways that feel good to them. Um, and, you know, it's just exciting to see the program progress in such a positive direction and one that I think really is going to serve people better as they continue on um, in their journey of life, health journey. Um, and yeah, we just want to, we want to send people off, you know, now that the program's coming to an end, 
with that, you maintaining that mindset of, you know, set small goals for yourself that, you know, are going to serve you, uh, you know, listen Mm -hmm. to your body practice, you know, listening and tuning into what your body needs, what you, what movement feels good to you. And, you know, Mm-hmm. You don't have to focus on being a certain shape or size to be worthy or to be healthy. Yes, I feel like that message is so, so encouraging. Just you don't have to, you can get, you can be healthy truly at any size. Your body will know what to do. Um, and that's just really freeing, honestly. Thanks for joining us for another important episode, Julie. If you'd like to learn more about Julie and her work, visit shamefreeeating.com and follow her on Instagram at shamefree.eating.rd. If you'd like to hear more from her and others who have embraced healthier living without shame, check out her Shame Free Eating podcast. Links to all these can be found in our show notes. Alabama 2021 might be over, but there are still plenty of resources, health tips, and blog posts to check out at scalebackalabama.com. Congratulations to all the winners, and thank you so much for joining us.